You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Adam Barry, who covers the Pirates for MLB.com. Adam, we hit the Thanksgiving mark, so we are officially in full swing. We have the holidays coming up, and then basically it's spring training. So, folks, get your jerseys, your hats, get everything ready because we are in full force. But before we get going on the baseball side, I have to know, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. We do Thanksgiving in Pittsburgh now. We don't go home to Florida or anything like that. Just me and my wife and our dog. And my wife cooks a great meal. It was awesome. Just sit at home, watch football, and then uh, do some online shopping on her side uh, after dinner. (laughs) So it was great. We really do love our Pittsburgh Thanksgivings. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Let's talk about Chris Archer. A little bit of news. Uh, He had surgery but it's reported that he should be fine and ready to go for the start of the season, Adam. Yeah, it was kind of a, a little bit of a surprise. The Pirates announced uh, yesterday on Tuesday that Archer had surgery to repair a bilateral hernia, uh, which may or may not have been related to the injury he sustained toward the end of the season. I think it was in August on an awkward swing. Uh, you know, he was going to miss a start after that. He missed his last start of the season. Uh, because of what the Pirates called continued discomfort of a left groin strain. He also had a left abdominal strain uh, when he was with the Rays before he was traded over to the Pirates. So I think that may have been kind of a problematic area for him, uh, you know, for a pretty significant part of the season. Uh, The Pirates said he actually felt it during just a regular off-season workout. uh, So they decided to go ahead and have the surgery. You do it now. It's a six-week recovery time. He should be good to go. Back to the full workout swing by January. That gives him a month or so to get in baseball shape for spring training. I would imagine they'll bring him along pretty slowly during spring training. You know, not go... Right, what's the rush? Right, don't go throw all out. Spring training's too long as it is. Don't start throwing, you know, hardcore bullpen sessions in the first week of spring training. So bring him along slowly uh, and have him ready, hopefully, for opening day. That's going to be a story to follow, though, as spring goes on, because Joe Musgrove, you know, another part of the rotation, also had surgery uh, for to repair an abdominal wall issue and uh, heal a stress reaction. So that's two starters, two-fifths of the rotation coming off off-season surgery that you're kind of going to have to watch during spring training. It makes you wonder if maybe they'll bring in, you know, another depth starter or how they'll kind of handle getting guys stretched out during spring training just because the potential issues that do come along from, you know, following a core muscle surgery, you know, as it relates to their preparation for the season and whatnot. So hopefully not a big deal is kind of where they're standing on this right now, but definitely something to watch as you go into spring training. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on that, but uh, sounds like everything should be okay for spring training and the 2019 season. The next big thing we have, Adam, you wrote about Lonnie Chisenhall, the signing one-year deal. The Pirates got him from Cleveland, and I wanted to make a joke that they got him for Jordan Bastion, but then I didn't think it was that funny. Um, But you laughed a little bit. So Jordan Bastion was uh, the Indians reporter for MLB.com, and he's now moving over to the Cubs uh, beat. So now uh, you and him will be in the same division. But Lonnie Chisenhall, more importantly, maybe, (laughs) is heading to the Pirates. And now we have a couple of questions because we know he's going to start Gregory Polanco. is coming back from being injured 
but he's not going to be there forever because Polanco is going to come back. So then it's a chess match, right? So what does it mean? Two questions, Adam. What does it mean for the rest of the roster that Lonnie Chisholm Hall is here? And what kind of role will he play post Gregory Polanco coming back? Yeah, I think right now it kind of sets some things in place for opening day, which is that, you know, you have a right fielder, which is Lonnie Chisholm Hall, which then has that domino effect of keeping Adam Frazier at second base you know, maybe bumping a Pablo Reyes into the outfield as a potential fourth outfielder to start the season, or maybe you use him as sort of a super utility role. Uh, But it does kind of, you know, intensify the bench spot competition just because you now have that one guy. You probably won't have to mix and match a ton in right field. And you keep Adam Frazier at second base, which gives you one less spot to fill there and puts, you know, maybe a little more emphasis on the shortstop position where they can, you know, maybe use Eric Gonzalez and Kevin Newman and Kevin Kramer, knowing that they have an everyday second baseman in place. So the most important thing, though, is that they have a fourth outfielder who will be their third outfielder to start the season. And then I would imagine once Polanco comes back, you know, they have some flexibility because Chisholm can play all three outfield spots. He can move around the infield, too. So if something goes awry at third base, he has a ton of experience there. I think you could potentially see him as a backup to Josh Bell or, you know, an injury replacement if something goes wrong there. You know, he even mentioned second base. I heard him talking on uh, MLB Network this morning is a place where he takes ground balls. So that's a really versatile guy who has been really good when he's been healthy the last two years. The trouble has obviously been keeping him on the field. But, you know, the Pirates seem pretty confident that his calf issues are behind him. Again, on MLB Network this morning, he was really confident that he is healthy. He's been in good shape since September. So it seems like a really smart, aggressive signing to get it done this early. You know, it's a low-risk deal, too. So if it if something goes wrong, it's less than $3 million for a one-year deal. There are no bad one-year deals, as we're always told. But it does show that they're, you know, they're giving him the opportunity to take on a bigger role because he has, kind of like Jung Ho Gong, he has these incentives built into his contract based on plate appearances. So if he comes out and just crushes the ball and earns more playing time, you know, they're going to give it to him and he's going to increase, you know, his salary on the year. So it seems like a really good fit. You know, the Pirates love versatile guys. Chisholm Hall can play anywhere, but he, uh, you know, plugs an immediate need right now in right field. So it sets a lot of things in place. And it's surprisingly early to kind of have that in the offseason. Yeah, and also for a low cost, which seems like too. And, and when you add in Jung Ho Gong, who is the power now mm-hmm. of the team, part of that power, the Pirates are hoping that both of these guys pay off and for the fact that they didn't pay that much for them. And they're hoping that these guys are, you know, semi-superstars on this team. What does that say about the Pirates' strategy for this season? Yeah, it's interesting because Jung Ho Gang's contract is $3 million guaranteed with, you know, basically the ability to make $5.5 million based on incentives. Lonnie Chisholm Hall is less than $3 million with the ability to make $5.75 million. But guaranteed money, they've spent $5.75 million on two guys with the potential to do a lot. That's what they paid Sean Rodriguez last season. Like that's a that's a really affordable pair of signings that they made for guys who have a ton of upside. You know, before all of Gong's many myriad issues, we were talking about a guy who could hit 30 home runs. Chisholm Hall looked like an all-star when he was on the field the last couple of years. Those are two potential impact bats for a very low cost. They have risk, but you're not paying a ton for to take that risk. It's basically low risk, high reward. 
which is the kind of deal this team needs to make right now is they're sort of building around this core that they have and trying to get back into contention because they have a lot of room that they need to you know make up. They're not three games behind the Cubs and Brewers. They are 10 games more than that behind the Cubs and Brewers. They need to make up a lot of ground. The best way to do that is kind of to, to take some risks, you know, I could use a gambling pun, but we're not yet in Vegas. So that's essentially what they need to do, though. They need to, you know, take a big risk and see if it pays off. That's kind of the success they had from 2013 to 15. Looking back, you wouldn't say, ah, Francisco Lariano, that was a smart signing at the time. That paid off in a really big way. Same with Edison Volquez. Those are the needs or the moves they need to make. And it seems like they're kind of getting back to that by being aggressive early in the offseason and filling needs rather than just kind of waiting for value to present itself. All right, let's switch gears, Adam, to Cole Tucker, Will Craig. Both finished up really strong in the Arizona Fall League, both earning pipelines, all AFL team. Uh, Jim Callis, Jonathan Mayo with with that article on MLB.com. And Cole Tucker just really shining uh, hitting really well, earning awards. And it was, it was his, you know, it was his home stage. Basically he was talking, you wrote about how, um, you know, the, the press pass was filled with his friends' names, all of spring, all of, uh, fall league. And it was pretty cool. I actually had a chance to catch up with him earlier to hear about the fall league. And Oh, by the way, he's just gallivanting around Europe right now. Take a listen. All right, I've got Cole Tucker on the phone with me. This dude is abroad right now, but taking some time out to chat with me. And Cole, we're going to talk a little bit about you being abroad, but first, let's rewind to a year ago. You broke your thumb, and you couldn't play in the Arizona Fall League, but we fast forward to today, and you slayed the Fall League. You were one of the top 25 prospects there. You got the Stenson Sportsmanship Award for Leadership, batted 370, 12 walks. Oh, by the way, you only had 12 strikeouts too, six stolen bases. And I know this was basically a dream come true for you. How was the experience? Yeah, so it was pretty crazy. Obviously, just jumping back to last year with not being able to play, I think obviously just being injured sucks, but being able to or missing out on the opportunity to play at home really kind of stung. So getting back out there this year, I was extremely motivated to get out and show well and, uh, put on a show for my friends and family and yeah I, I played pretty well it was pretty cool um and uh did all those things and got honored to win the Stenson award which was extremely special especially being up against Daz and Tran and Nevin and all these all these really 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 good dudes and winning that was pretty cool for me to be honored at home was awesome um yeah it, it was fun I honestly didn't I was really just kind of thriving and enjoying it, and I, I had a really great team and a lot of good teammates and uh, met a lot of good friends, and uh, it was just a great experience overall. I, I honestly wish I could do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Round two? <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, hopefully I'm in the big leagues and I won't have to do that again. But, but no, it was, it was unbelievable. Who's a guy that you didn't know very well heading into the Fall League that you got to know um, on a much better level? and? And, you know, what did you take away from that? On my team or on other teams? Any team. Um, on my team, um, me and Cap Bezier got pretty tight, and we played against each other in the Florida State League and the Eastern League. But uh, we really hit it off, and uh, we were goofing off all the time. He's a great dude. Um, I didn't know Vladdy either, and everyone was talking about Vladdy. But, like, <laughs> he's a really, really, really good teammate. Everyone knows he rakes, and he's a great player, and he's going to play in yeah. the show forever. But, like, he was a really, really good dude. It was a pleasure to share the left side of the infield with him. 
So those guys kind of stand out. But, like, obviously, um, the running joke is that, like, I'm the mayor of Arizona and I knew everybody. So I was just really enjoying, like, getting to know everybody on my team and on other teams. Guys hang out on the weekends because we have Sundays off. So everybody goes out on, on Saturdays and everyone's hanging out. and It's a good time. And uh, it, it was really cool to just get to know, like, guys from all over the league. Like, I, I got pretty tight with Forrest Whitley. Um, and uh, he's a great dude, but like just playing against guys that uh, that you hear about, see on Twitter and stuff, and getting to put a face to the name is, is pretty cool, especially doing it at home. Yeah, and I could imagine that it kind of raises your game, regardless of the reasons that people are in the fall league, because sometimes it varies, but um, just it probably takes your game to the next level. And I know that that's definitely something that you have been working on, and you're a name that that's getting there. And the Pirates are they're shaking things up right now. They've made a bunch of changes. Um, to their infield, not necessarily um, knowing where you're going to be next year. What are some of your expectations besides getting to the show? Because you're going to get there. Um, but <laughs> let's, <what>? hope. <laughs> let's hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, but what are, what are some of the expectations that you have for yourself now that you've gone through the fall league and, and you've kind of immersed yourself in this baseball world? What do you What do you have to do next year? Um, I just need, I need to just play like I did in Arizona, honestly. Um, I need to, I need to get stronger and just continue to, to grow in my leadership and being that, being that glue guy, being that good teammate and just being reliable at shortstop. That's, I mean, playing short, I'm, I'm not, I'm never going to be the guy that hits 30 home runs, unfortunately. It's not sexy. Like, that would be really fun. <laughs> I wish I did. But, uh, but like, I just have to be reliable at shortstop and have consistent at bats and, and stick to my approach in the box. And if I do that, I'm going to be a really good everyday player, I believe. And I feel like the Pirates believe that, too. And, yeah, like, we're shaking things up. Um, there's some new faces and some old faces, which is cool. But yeah. it's exciting um, because uh, there is, like, a little bit of a shakeup. And I'm, I'm excited to throw my name into that hat and just continue to, to prove that uh, that I could be a guy that can do it for, for a really long time in the big leagues. Yeah, it, it has to be encouraging. And I know Jim Callis, Jonathan Mayo, uh, named you to the AFL, um, all, all AFL team as well. So, I mean, I feel like you couldn't have done any more or given yourself more clout um, to kind of throw that target on your back and be like, look at me, it's my time to shine. So I, I'm I'm pretty happy um, for you that you had that experience because that's the best I think it could have gotten. And now, now you get a couple of weeks, I don't know how long you're abroad, um, but you're in, Europe, you're in Europe for the first time. Uh, and, and this is kind of the treat for major league athletes, you you do get somewhat of an off season, and you decided to go to Europe for the first time. Yeah, I did. Well, thank you for loving me up on the baseball side first. But yeah, I am <laughs> in Europe, and uh, I I'm here with my older brother Quinn, and we're we're just chilling. We're we're in Rome right now. I, I just we just got out of a, an Uber back. We're going back to our hotel, <laughs> and uh, we're just being Tommy tourists really, and just hanging out. Uh, we're gonna we're here in Italy. We're going or we're in Rome. We're gonna go to Florence tomorrow. Okay. We're, uh, we're going to head over to Barcelona. We're going to go down to Morocco and see Africa a little bit. So we're just kind of jumping all over the place. We really have no plans or obligations, but we're just oh my being gosh. two young 20-something guys. And then uh, <laughs> I'll be over here for like two weeks, and uh, and then I'll be home back in the gym getting ready for 2019 to hopefully continue to push the envelope and, uh, like you said, get to the show. Yeah, back to the grind. Uh, my two recommendations yeah. are please have gelato for every meal. And when you go to Florence, you have to go to the leather market, and uh, you have to practice practice your haggling skills. So make sure you practice those. Don't don't take the item for full price. Make them bring it down, okay? 
deal. I got a, I got a bargain. I got a bargain. Um, so yeah, we're actually yeah. going to get some gelato tonight. We're going to eat dinner <laughs> and then grab some gelato. So I will let you know how that goes. <laughs> awesome. Cole Sucker, thank you so much for your time. Have the best trip with your brother and we will see you. We're going to see you pretty soon, man. Absolutely. Hope to see you soon, Danny. Thanks for having me on. We heard, just heard from Cole and, in your eyes, now we know that he's not coming up right away to fill that shortstop role, but when when do you expect Cole Tucker to make his debut? I think it's possible that he could make his debut sometime next season, maybe September, late next year, partially depending on what they do at the shortstop position heading into the season. But, you know, if he offers speed on the bases, which is always something you look for in a September call-up, he's already on the 40-man roster uh, to be protected from the Rule 5 draft. I think it's more likely that you're looking at him as a legitimate big leaguer in 2020, maybe somebody who could compete for the opening day shortstop job then. So that's maybe why they try to break him in uh, potentially this September. It also depends on where they are in contention, but he's not far away. He had a really good second half. He had an incredible fall league, as you mentioned. So there's something to build on. He obviously needs to put the results together in AAA because for all the potential he has and all the tools, and you look at the guy and you say, this looks like a big league player, you know, a big league athlete, he does need to probably hit the ball a little more consistently, uh, you know, turn that potential power into actual power. And, you know, I think right now he is the guy that they're betting on as the shortstop of the future. You know, when you show up in spring training and you line up for drills, the Pirates have moved Kevin Newman to second base. They've moved around Kevin Kramer. They have never moved Cole Tucker away from shortstop. And that seems like a pretty strong vote of confidence. And I think he's definitely going to be a guy to watch for that reason uh, when he's in big league camp this spring. I love it, Adam. I lo- I'm high on this guy. I think he's great. He's great for the team, great morale. He won a leadership award in the fall league. So I think I think just a really great addition. When he does get to make that debut, I know the fall league was a dream of his. Uh, so getting to play there in front of his family and friends, I'm sure, was was a thrill. And and I told him my advice was eat a lot of gelato and um, – and make sure you haggle when you get to Florence. You got to haggle at the leather market. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, he can figure out how to do that. I'm sure the, he can. I was going to say the way that he deals with people. Don't you think people there will just give him things? You know how good he is <laughs> yeah. with people. He'll just be walking down yeah. the streets and people will be showering him with gifts. Yes, I definitely do think that. Maybe he'll bring something back for you and I. We'll we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to ask him about that when he comes back. Lastly, Adam, to round up this podcast has been one of my favorites now jacob cruz formerly with the cubs minor league hitting coordinator he is now on the pirates coaching staff which means their coaching staff is complete tell us a little bit about this guy and what you think he's going to bring to the table yeah cruz is uh, you know gonna be the assistant hitting coach working with rick Eckstein, the new hitting coach i think the pirates were looking for kind of forward thinking you know more analytically minded uh, hitting coaches and I think they definitely got that in Eckstein you know from my conversation with him and then just from what I've heard about Cruz you know he comes from a progressive organization with the Cubs worked with their entire minor league system maybe the difference here is that he actually has the big league and professional experience and I think that's something Neil Huntington talked about is liking that he blends that experience as a player, that experience as a coach, and his interest and passion for kind of modern hitting mechanics, modern hitting philosophy. He's a guy who developed a, a swing trainer tool that, you know, you go on the blog that's associated with it on its website, and he's talking about, you know, 
angles and mechanics and velocities and you know angular velocities and all of this kind of new age hitting talk, <laughs> which I think that's probably a good sign. The the trick is obviously translating that to something players can use, and I think his experience is going to get him what Clint Hurdle would call street cred in the clubhouse because it's the guy who's, <laughs> who's been there, he's done that, and now he's going to try to help these guys out. So. It's a younger hire to go along with a younger hitting coach, and I think that's kind of the way the game is going right now. So, you know, hitting coaches are judged based on the results, but in terms of just process and getting the right guys, it seemed like uh, the Pirates knew what they were after and they got it. Awesome, Adam. Well, I know you're going to keep an eye on everything. This team is, the pieces are coming into place and and we've got the winter meetings coming up. So we'll see if they can, if they can, uh, Add to add to what they've got and and finish this puzzle piece out. But as always, I love talking to you. I can't wait to see you in Vegas. And I know I think we'll have one more podcast before next week before we get out there. So thank you so much, Adam. Thank you. Good talking to you. And, and Cole Tucker, Cole Tucker, thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your European vacation to chat to chat with us. If you guys need your pirates fix, head to pirates.com. I'm Danny Wexelman with Adam Barry. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.